Today is Thursday, October 12th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast, and I'm your host, Nate. Today, day three, Israel-Gaza stuff with uh, other stuff mixed in, among them, but not limited to, which is better, Applebee's versus Chili's? I have, for some strange reason, the unpopular opinion. I never would have thought it. Anyway, so uh, check that out. And then the biggest point of the day three, it's not so much of what we talked about yesterday because that was really exhaustive. It's more about the periphery around it. Um, the point is made how, well, you'll just hear. But, um, you know, you, you can support Israel, you can support the Israeli people with also disagreeing with them. So it is not a monolith. Jews are not a monolith. Um, and the fact that I got into a little bit of a yelling match I mean, I didn't yell so much. Maybe I just talked loud or raised my voice. The other dude went nuts. You'll see. But um, it's like, where's your compassion? I'm telling you this. It's my people who are being killed. Yes, it's your people. I get it. That's bad. Th I'm, that's why we're supporting you. We want to support innocent life. And by the way, on the other side, too, if there's someone like, you know, indiscriminately trying to torture and murder people, that's bad. Deal with them. But um, as far as supporting the Jewish people and the Israeli people, and by the way, there's another one that needs to go. Uh not go unnoticed, right? Uh, Jews are not all the Israeli people. The Israeli citizens have many different nationalities or many different ethnicities. It's not just Jews. So I know we, we treat things synonymous, like, you know, Jews, Israelis. Um, anyways, but there are Jews who are Israelis. There are also Israelis who are not Jews. So um, that's worth being stated. But the biggest takeaway is, look, you can support Jews, you can support Israel without believing or conceding every single thing uh so to keep emotions out of it right yes these are people who are dying these are people who are being killed um i support their right to defend themselves and to exist that doesn't mean i'm gonna agree with every policy someone has about that so back off okay now we can be friends again anyway um i guess that's it yeah so it's a little bit of a slower day um except the little spikes of people freaking out here and there um, yes, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support the podcast. We, man, this whole week, it's been tough. Like, we haven't talked a whole lot about Jesus because this has been so much on people's minds. Um, you know, that we, we do make the Christian points. Like, you know, eternity is real. Eternity is near. Um, you know, is this prophetic? Um, I hope that, you know, people doing evil, um, as much evil as they're doing, I hope those ones perpetrating that do have a chance to repent. Um, whether or not they will, you know, Chance is probably slim, but with God, all things are possible. Um, but immediately, whether they repent or not, they need to be stopped from doing evil stuff. So, um, you know, there is a little bit, but we really need to focus on the gospel and on Jesus. So that is the most important thing. Because in 100 years, you and everyone you know and love will be dead. Then what? Um, then eternity, one way or another. So make sure it's with your maker, Jesus, um, and not hell which we believe is hot, and we believe is real, and we believe it lasts forever. So don't go there. Repent, believe the gospel, follow Jesus, ask him to give you eternal life. He says he will do that. Repent, go the other way. If you're doing bad stuff, turn. Go the other direction, do good stuff. Take care. Have an awesome day. We'll see you next time. Pharaoh has been showing all of the, like, like, horrific videos coming out of Israel. Like, do you think that that is, is it just whipping people up? Do you think it serves a purpose? Like, is there, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
Well, like, what's the what's the number of these videos? Because I've heard people say that I haven't actually watched watched a show or seen these videos. But I mean, the only ones I'm familiar with are like a handful, and like the worst ones I've seen is like the naked chick in the back of a car being drug around, and like the girl like abducted um, on a bike and like shoved into a van and taken away. So, are you saying there's like more horrific yeah. stuff than that, like blowing up body parts or like what? If you go on Twitter, you will see a ton. There's a lot of those videos on Twitter. Of, like, blowing off body limbs and stuff like that? Yeah, there's, like, hundreds of videos, Nate. Like, hundreds. Wow. Of all that stuff, right? Like, yeah, it was like really nasty atrocities, yeah. So, like, dead people and, like, the after effects of bombing and shootings and stuff like that? Yep. Well, um, I guess without seeing it, I think, you know, if it's true, I mean... It's true. Uh, yeah, that stuff sucks. Um, I think there's also a lot of, like, propaganda going around. So if there's some way to, like, you know, weed out what is true and what is false, I mean, no doubt there's plenty of true stuff. Like, there's plenty of dead people and there's plenty of, like, bad stuff. So, I mean, you wouldn't need propaganda, but there is stuff like that going around. So, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it, it would serve to emotionally, like, enrage people. I mean, it enrages me. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. What was the actual question again? Do I think it, it serves a purpose or it whips people uh, up? Do yeah, you think, people... like, getting people emotionally whipped up, is it serving a purpose? Or do you think, like, see, people are, because the, the deal is people are criticizing Shapiro that it's just kind of gratuitous. You were getting some wind in your mic. Well, I think, here's the thing. Some people still don't know exactly, I think, what's going on. Like, I think those videos can be good for people who really don't know exactly what's going on over there. Like there's some people out and you know in support of Palestine that don't exactly know what these people are doing. Like it's, it's gruesome, and in that way, yeah, they they definitely could serve a purpose for people to see them. And Nate, you said to filter through the good and the bad. Uh, Twitter is pretty good with community notes. Uh, if there's a video this you know a long time ago or if something else, community notes if it's, if it becomes popular, they're usually pretty good about putting notes about the context and exactly what's going on if it's misleading. Well, I, I have Twitter blocked in my network. There's too much CD stuff on there, so I, I just don't use Twitter or my network have that for my kids and stuff. So if it's on Twitter, I probably won't see it. Um, but I mean, if it's on Twitter, it should be on Facebook and stuff too, right? Which no, uh, I think I should probably block that one. But I don't know. <clears throat> Man, I, there's so many points, right? Like every time you hear someone talk about this thing, it, it, it's like one of three views. And it's it's just so naive because, you know, people want to talk about support for Israel at all costs. It's like, no, you can support Israel, but not at all costs. If people want to start nuking people, it's like, well, let's say we don't want to support that. So, you know, it's like uh, you either support Israel at all costs or you want them all to be genocided. It's like, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of middle ground in there. Um, or it's like, you can support the, the, you know, religious Jews or the Israelis and not all Israelis are Jews. So there you go. So it's like, if you support the Israeli people, <clears throat> you're not just supporting Jews. You're supporting, you're supporting all kinds of nationalities, uh, you know, all type of ethnicities that are Israeli citizens. Um, so so there, it's incredibly nuanced. And there's a lot. It's a lot deeper than just you support Palestine and want all Jews to be de- genocided or the vice versa. 
So th there's all kinds of different ways to go. And it's just incredibly naive. Like I, I was so irritated by some guy I keep hearing um, who I like most of his commentary on other world events, but this one, it just seems like a toddler. It's like, support Israel at all costs. You want war. Blah, America first. Stay out of it. We don't need to get in another war. Yeah. And then he's like, if you support Israel, you want boots on the ground. You want to send your sons and daughters to die. Like these politicians should go do that. It's like, look, I, I support the the Jewish people. That also means I, I don't I don't love the Israeli government. I think it was crap what Netanyahu did about like basically saying Israeli citizens were going to be forced guinea pigs for Pfizer and the mRNA shots. Um, and they're going to like use them and be like, oh, let's see what effect these shots have on hypertension. Oh, someone's got high blood pressure. Let's see what happens to them. We'll let you know, Pfizer. Um, I think that's crap. Um, but it's like, well, if you want to support the, the Jewish people or the Israeli citizens, well, the best mechanism to do that is by the, their government doing stuff. So it's like there's lots of stuff like the totalitarian crap from their government I hate. But if you want to support the citizens not dying and having a right to live and exist, well, their Israeli government is currently the best mechanism to do that. Um, if you also support, like we talked about yesterday, no one wants to, you know, no one wants to say carpet bombing. But you know, when we talk about America getting involved, they have a giant aircraft carrier right off the coast. It's like, look, if if they wanted our help, if they needed our help, they don't. They have plenty of power on their own. But no, I don't support boots on the ground for american citizens dying um i would support you know sending tons of bombs into the place just boom 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 like you know get the drones out play video games it would be incredibly cost effective it would i mean you know bombing the crap out of pe people were our uh, you know enemies of our allies would be so cheap we wouldn't even feel it versus what we're doing with like Ukraine and other like Afghanistan and how we like, you know, pour blood and treasure and occupy for 20 years and all this other stuff. It's like, there is a middle ground. Um, there's just middle ground all over the place and no one wants to like kind of nuance their way through it because I don't know, they're dumb or they see it as too difficult or time consuming, but it's not, it's like, look, we, we could like, if people wanted to, they could be, you know, totally giving warning and getting all the people that wanted to get out, out of Gaza and th they could have like be bulldozing that place now because there's nothing standing. But instead, they're talking about ground operations, which I which I don't like. Sending armed forces door to door, and they're gonna die. Um, I don't like that. Like I, I I think it would be cheaper and better all around to just raise the place. Yeah, nuance, bro, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I, I don't know what else to say. Like, there's just too many angles, and it's too emotional, so you can't hardly say stuff like that, um, you know, without getting shut down and screamed at, because if you say one thing, like, I don't know. It, people just get too up in a emotional and up in a tizzy. Yeah, that's 100% true. There's a... Thank you. There's actually a David Horowitz video from when he was speaking at one of the University of California's like 10 years ago. And some Muslim student association. You cut out. Is he on a call or? Chris, if you're talking, no one hears you. 
Well, anyone else while Chris fixes his stuff? Victoria, what are your thoughts on life or anything? Well, have you seen uh, the alert that is on Twitter about um, the leader of Hamas, uh, Hamas, calling for a global day of jihad around uh, major parts of the world on yes. Friday, 13th? Yeah, okay. What are your thoughts on that? Praise the Lord and pass the ammo. <laughs> it's a good way to... It's a good way to cull down the population of jihadists. I mean, everyone, everyone wants to like talk tough until it's time. Like, have you seen these videos of like these, like these, like, um, I don't know. There's one video. In, I think it was like France. And it was like this businessman that somehow managed to get like a gun. Uh, and it's like this businessman It's a few years old now, but this like business guy with a suit tie briefcases walking down the road. And there's these totally peaceful migrants who seem to be very Islamic by the things they're shouting. And, uh, you know, totally peaceful. But uh, anyways, they pull out machetes and start walking towards him, you know, peacefully uh, to murder him peacefully. Um, and anyways, as they start getting closer, there's like three of them. And this guy turns around and, and kind of like walks toward them a little bit. And uh, they, they kind of pause and back off. Like, why is this guy doing this? And he, he clearly is trying to deescalate. He starts walking away and he kind of like speeds up his step. And then they get more empowered. And... Uh, um, anyways, they get like a little too close. So he pulls his gun out and, you know, they just cower and run. And it's like, man, whenever people are confronted, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, peace through strength, right? It's like, if he wouldn't have had superior, um, a superior position, a gun, um, they would have totally murdered him for peace or something like that. But whenever he, you know, he had a stronger show of force, it's like, oh, well, the fight gets kind of taken out of them. So maybe they didn't really want to be martyrs, um, you know, because if they would have, like, continued trying to chase him down, maybe he would have shot one and the other one could have got through and, you know, chopped him up for peace. Um, or if they both would have died, they would have been doing the will of their god. So they would have been martyred and got, like, a billion virgins or something like that. Um, so did they not really believe their commitment to their faith as much as they thought they did? Um, or do they not believe it at all? Because if they really would have had faith uh, that this is the way, um, death wouldn't have stopped them. So anyway, um, the moral of one story is, do you guys really believe your convictions? Uh, because when people are willing to fight back, you become giant cowards real quick. And on the other side, you know, the guy showed superior force and he didn't have to use it. He could have, and the threat was there, and he probably would have if he would have been in imminent danger, um, but he didn't have to. So there's lessons all around from that, like, two-minute video from years ago um, in France, of all places. So on one hand, you know, they want to talk about a big game until someone says, well, it's your turn to blow yourself up. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, me? Not this guy? Not that guy? Um, me? My turn? Um, and then on the other hand, you know, peace through strength that we've seen um, <clears throat> in the reign of the last president. Just saying. Anyway, Vic, that's what I think. Uh, C, what's up, C? If you're speaking, CJ. All right, Chris, back to you. What's up, Chris? Oh, I was just saying, I, my, my audio is jacked up. Um, my, uh, my PTR now has fans. 
Your PTR has what? People are commenting on my PTR. They think oh. it's great. <laughs> <clears throat> well, is that all? Is oh, the yeah. day done? C is new. I know. He says he's driving. He can't talk. But he's typing. <laughs> Don't text oh. and drive. Oh. Right. Don't text Go and drive, bro. Ah, uh, Bob, man, no one's really talking right now, Bob. I don't know if I can deal about Unitarian no, stuff no, today. I'll turn it into Unibobber. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do that today. Bob. Bob. I do hope you caught some fish, though. So, Chris, uh, what do you think? Um, if, if uh, you know, it's the day of you know rage through peace or something or whatever that guy said tomorrow, what are you gonna do? Are you? Uh, are you uh, hiding in your bunker all day? Or are you going about your day fully prepared and ready to defend yourself against evil in all its forms? Or, uh, you know, what's your plans? Oh my God, this is why I'm taking a vacation next week. There are not enough people to have a conversation with anymore. Clubhouse, what have you done? Uh, you know, hate's a strong word, and I don't think it should be used for people because, you know, the Bible. But I think it's totally fine to hate entities, organizations, uh, you know, things that may be made up of people but are not directed at people like Clubhouse. I hate Clubhouse. Uh, give me just a second and I'll uh, be able to talk for a minute. You could always invite Bob up. Well, then, I, then I'd hate myself. <clears throat> Todd, are you not speaking? Are you driving somewhere? Uh, I'm about to be driving my daughter to school. But I'm speaking. Oh, <laughs> if well, I speak. Yeah, I was just thinking about what you were talking about with the... I don't know, you said something about global day of jihad and all i gotta say is welcome to america where guns are a plenty you said that you said what did you say praise god and pass the ammo <laughs> yes because i mean i was thinking about the you know the arsenal that i have in my home just because and i'm like yeah that would not turn out well for anybody that decided to just want to try to murder me and my family uh my wife will have a gun i will have a gun Several of my, my children will have guns. Come on. We're not going to just... How old are your children that would have guns? How old are your children that would have guns? Does it matter, Chris? <laughs> I'm imagining Todd having like a six-year-old and giving him like a 357. Here, imagine this picture. Like, I, I joined this like AI group on Facebook, so it's like constantly flooded with like just people coming up with the most hilarious like mergers of like different topics and having AI generate it. Do a PTR. This is the one where it said Florida people doing Florida things, and it had like wrestling alligators, like you know, swimming in the ocean, and then this was one of them. So this is what AI thinks of Florida people. I mean, you know, it's not too far off. I mean, that, if I was a little more in shape, maybe that could be me and my family. Uh, your PTR didn't come through. It's just showing. Oh, there it is. Hey, 
for those who can't see, it's like an entire family of like one, two, three, four, five, six, what, six, seven people. And they like all have guns. Like even the little kids have guns. Yeah, you see those, you see those bumper stickers on people's cars. It says my family and it has, you know, <laughs> large, long guns and it goes down to little guns. It's like, I mean, I don't do that with my, I don't, I hate those stickers because it's like, come on. But, you know, in reality, that, that's man, the only one I would use. That's the only yeah. sticker I would consider. <laughs> but that's America. I mean, that is really kind of, you don't know, man. There could be arsenals in every other house on your block that you don't know about. Just, just go ahead. Start being violent. <laughs> and that's what, man, that's what one of the Israel Israeli commanders, like, they did an interview with was saying. It was kind of like not a major interview. It was kind of like more independent. And it's what's happening to America, too. Like, everyone in this, like, anti-gun culture and guns are violent, so we need to outlaw guns. You're only outlawing them for people who care about laws. Um, so, you know, as more and more people like have an aversion to guns, that's also apparently what's happened in Israel. Um, and even in the Israeli military, like one of the commanders is like, man, this is not the Israeli military. It used to be like, these people are weak, just like the ones going into, you know, American military now. And you have to blame the, the teaching, the instruction, like, you know, when like Millie has people walking around in, in red high heels, to understand, like, you know, the plight of women or something like that, instead of, like, you know, getting muddy, crawling under barbed wire and shooting stuff, um, they're doing all this, like, woke crap, and it's just making people weak. So, you know, and, like, it used to be, like, you know, the, the government, like, encouraged everyone to have um, all the citizens that be armed, and now it's, like, I, I forget, <clears throat> it was, like, one, I don't know if it's two-thirds, but it was, it was a, a overwhelmingly uh, less number of people believe in guns and want guns now like you know like tel, tel aviv's like the homosexual like per capita spot of the world like it, you know all these people just want to like do drugs like screw each other party and not have guns because that's bad and then this happens and it's like now the government's like guys get guns get guns get guns like they're like relaxing gun laws and all this other stuff it's like how dumb do you have to be to to just not see this it's like an armed society is a polite society and we're doing the same crap in america um, you know, being like, guns are bad. If there's less guns, there's less crime, blah, blah, blah. No, there's not. Um, there's more because people are more emboldened to be like, oh, well, new gun law passed. I guess this, the, you know, this group or this city is less protected now. Let's take our chance with robbing these people versus, you know, like, I don't know, pick a place in Texas or Florida. Uh, there's less crime because there's more chance they're going to die for trying to commit crimes against people. It's just common sense which unfortunately is not common. You know, we haven't talked to about the gospel, I don't think, at all this week, right? <laughs> Repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> Follow Jesus. I guess, you know, Nate, you bring up a really good point like that I hadn't thought of. is like all these kibbutzes and all these places where these people were just, you know, in mass slaughtered. I guess I never thought about, like, why didn't they have weapons? Like, why didn't they have guns? Or maybe the guns were so far away or they were locked up or something. Like, I, now I'm thinking about that. I'm like, huh. I really think it's just like America. And, you know, based on what the guy said, he didn't go into it. But, I mean, you can see, you can read the tea leaves and see the same thing happening here. Like, less and less people are owning guns. I mean, the, they say gun purchases are an all-time high. But I think that's largely people that already have guns 
are just buying a crap more. Um, and every now and then you'll get the eventual, eventual new gun owner. But I think mostly it's people who already have guns are just buying lots more. Um, but yeah, and then there's one guy that was interviewed yesterday. I think it was it was on a main mainstream network. And he had a gun. And he's like, yeah, I watched all my friends, all my neighbors die. Um, and he didn't say because they didn't have guns. But, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering how many options there are. He's like, you know, so I grabbed my gun. I came out and people started shooting in my house. And, you know, my house took gunfire. I started returning fire. And they decided to run away. He's like, I don't know why. I'm like, probably because you were shooting at them. Um, he's like, yeah, all my, all my neighbors are like dead all around me. Uh, but he's like, you know, I started shooting at them and they ran away. I'm like, you just said the answer, guy. It makes sense. Like people lose their taste for blood, um, you know, when there's a good chance it's going to be their blood they're tasting. Good tomorrow, Steph. So, so I'm driving my son to breakfast. He has the day off, but he wants to drive 30 minutes to this place for breakfast. So I guess I'm going to hang out and, uh, you guys can hear the wisdom of 13 year old memes. He also has um, a new AI generated meme. He just informed me of as well. I mean, we just got yeah. gumbo slice like a week ago. And there's already they're already moving on. Like Gen Z is done with gumbo slice, they're moving on. Gavin, how hard is it to get guns in New Zealand? Is that like almost impossible or impossible? Oh, it's difficult. We had a, a bad mass shooting a few years ago in a couple of Muslim mosques. There was fifty two fifty two males shot dead by a lone gunman and after that there was a normal knee-jerk reaction of um, banning the import of military-style automatic weapons and tighter gun controls and that sort of thing. Oh, and that's the biggest, man, that's that's a huge pet peeve. Like, people that just don't know what they're talking about. Um, like, you know, like politicians, because that's something echoed all the time. And it's like, we want to ban military style. Okay, I get it. It looks like what they would use. Okay, you're, let's just give you that one, military style. But then they'll say automatic weapons. Automatic mm -hmm. weapons are banned. You can't get that at your local gun store. Like some mm -hmm. states, which they don't know, and this is never what they're talking about, but some states are, are like class three states, which will allow you to pay like 20 grand uh, for a permit, like basically sell your soul and all your rights away to the ATF so they can basically come in, break into your house, inspect you at any moment, and then pay like 15 grand for an actual automatic machine gun. But when they say that, no one's talking about that. They're just under the impression that you can walk into your gun store and buy a fully automatic like brrr, gun. No one can do that. No one can do that. <laughs> and that kills me. It's like people making the policies. It's worse than blind leading the blind. Like, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Is it is it harder in New York to get an abortion or a gun? Oh, a gun! <laughs> like hands down, that's not even a. What are you talking? That's not even a contest. What about in rural New York? Is is it is it like? 
a little like like in New York City, it's like very difficult. Um, but is that the same in New York State or like in rural areas, or is it? Would you say it's just as hard or a little less hard? Like how how difficult is it to get one in like New York State? No, the problem is the legislation for the rest of the state comes out of the city. And if we want something different for upstate, we have to fight really, really hard against it. So something I know a lot about is like rent control. So urban areas, a lot of them have rent control that prevents landlords from skyrocketing rent on tenants who've been there a long time. So this wouldn't work in upstate. And I could go into all the metrics of why they tried to pass it statewide. And it was very, very, very hard. It took years for this to not pass upstate. So it's kind of like that, like the legislation comes out of the city. And if we want something not to apply to us, it's a very difficult process. Um, I didn't get an answer. I'm if sorry. What was your get a gun, if you wanted to get a gun in New York, can you go get it pretty easily in the town where you, you are? No, because the legislation comes out of the city. Like, yeah. Okay. I see. No, it's, it's as impossible anywhere across the state. Like the, the state regulations are very, very difficult all over. Dang. Huh. It's like you don't even live in the same country. I know. Yeah, I know. No, we just are. Everything that applies to this is like in Canada, too. Like they legislate for Toronto and Vancouver and then everyone else just has to live by it. It's like that's the problem. If you live in a rural area in a state with like an enormous city, you're just you just got to live with that burden. It sucks. Come but there's a lot of people who hunt up here. Like you know. my PTR picture. Yeah, I have a question about what happened to that woman's arm. Maybe maybe there was a gun accident now. Which arm? Wait, which arm? Which, which oh, it looks like she's missing an arm. She <laughs> is. Well, no, it's AI generated, but like it's funny. Like, in oh. group because, because like artists, I guess you could tell me, uh, like all artists have like um, trouble with like faces and fingers. So um, it's funny that apparently AI does too. So, like, you'll see, like, a really cool, realistic drawing, and then it'll have, like, a messed up face and, like, messed up fingers. Yeah, it's struggling with teeth and hands. But you can <laughs> see, like, I thought this was a real photo, so I was looking at it going, like, it looks like her arm is just tucked behind her, but then it's inside the swimsuit. So I was like, oh, that must be a scar. Insta you know what I mean? Like, okay, well, now that I know it's AI-generated, I feel better. <laughs> So, so, Steph, my my thirteen year old is very excited for you to learn about gumbo slice. He's like literally about what? right next to me. See, this is it. So, okay, look at my PTR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, even your daughter loves this. <laughs> yes, so, yeah, she's laughing already. Yeah. So this is this is uh, an AI generated image that was apparently posted on Facebook like a week or two ago, and it has become like the new meme, like the new Gen Z meme. And it became known as gumbo slice for some reason, because you, you don't really slice gumbo. So I don't even know where they got that. But anyway. Do you know so who Kimbo Slice is, Chris? Oh, the MMA guy? Uh, is that yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> Nick, Nick, you just you just added a new dimension to it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, so yeah, so like it's this dude kicking this alligator, and what you don't see in the frame is there's like always pizza associated. So it's like he's defending his his um, pepperoni pizza from the onslaught of alligators trying to eat his pepperoni pizza. So yeah, it's like a whole thing. And if you just Google gumbo slice, it's great fun. But it also the point of 
the PTR and the point of the AI generated images is artists are starting to get very nervous about AI because as it continues to progress, it's stealing other artists' work and then it is, you know, generating thousands of images in a few seconds, which a human artist could never do, um, and crowding out original artwork. And so this is a very big concern on the internet right now with artists. This has been going on since AI started making images. So illustration is dead, right? Like if you have a degree in illustration, so, you know, things like storyboarding are not, you know, anything that's progressive that requires a human hand, but illustration is just, it's over. That's, that's it. If you have a degree in that, I'm so sorry. I feel for you. The only place of art, so, so illustration is the place that's going to get impacted. Graphic design may, in the near future, uh, it probably will. But see, <laughs> my degree is from the 1400s, right? My, my, uh, my art has not changed since the Renaissance. Uh, so the thing is that handmade physical objects will never be able to be replaced by AI. There was some concern when 3D printing started happening, but it's not, there's no real way to get 3D printers to do the same thing that oil paint does. But oil, like painting is an investment market that has better returns than the stock market. So it would take a lot for that to crash. So physical object art is not at risk from AI, but illustration is like dead. It's over. On one hand, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of sad that, you know, people are losing their jobs to AI, but on the other hand, it's kind of like, ha. Ah, so the people who initially uh, thought it was going to take like service jobs and they're like, learn to code <laughs> all smug. And now it's like, now it's like AI is like taking all their jobs and like coding is like the, the fastest thing it's taking away. Like coding's like basically obsolete. Um, so it's like, Oh, learn to ask if you'd like fries with that. You jerk. <clears throat> so, so my son wants to troll you, Steph, specifically. He wants to invent an oil painting robot and, and like, you know, just just to troll you, I think, is his. Sounds like violence against women. Yeah. What are you teaching, Chris? I mean, an oil painting robot would have to have, like, this is, in order for it to replace what humans are doing it's going to be something that's like more comp like more akin to surgery you know i don't know because this is a whole thing we don't have to go down it that would be very hard to do if he can do it he should make robots that can solve cancer instead put his J jc put your efforts somewhere else we <laughs> <laughs> patrolling like, stuff is so much more fulfilling than, than fixing cancer <laughs> wow, that's rude. We got Chris and Mini Chris. This is great. Ugh. This is great. We replicate. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I know. <laughs> you should hear this kid. You should hear this kid talk about Calvinism too. Like Chris will sick JC on the Arminians, and it's just like awful because you're talking to a kid who has the IQ of like a 58 year old man. Who's it's horrible. Like that. Just don't do that. <laughs> ironically, ironically, I turned 58 today. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy right. birthday! Right. Thank y'all! Thank y'all! Thank you! What are you doing to celebrate? My wife is taking me to dinner. Ooh, is it your choice? What do you pick? 
She's taking me to Chili's. Oh, that's the perfect choice. Amen. Now, wait a minute. What's your favorite thing at Chili's? The, the, the triple fajita. Oh, yeah. Steak, shrimp, and yep. chicken. So I worked as a waitress at Chili's for a while. And I will tell you, those fajitas, every time someone ordered them, I would smile at them and be like, great choice. And then I'd walk back to the kitchen cursing. Because when you deliver the fajitas, they're sizzling, right? They come right off the grill and put them on the, they put them on the cast iron and you deliver the cast iron to the person's plate, to their table. And so it's hot, it's sizzling, it's spitting, and it spits grease and smoke directly into your hair and on the side of your face and your clothes. <laughs> yeah, Sean, great. And then you smell like it. Like every time you deliver a fajita, you can just add another day of smelling like the fajita. So, yeah. And what you haven't figured out is that this is probably the time you started dating Chad, and he doesn't like you. He liked the smell of fajita on you. No, Chad worked at Chili's too, <laughs> but at a different Chili's. <laughs> he worked at a different Chili's. And so, yeah, no, we uh, we did. But anyway, because we couldn't date if we were at the same Chili's. But no, the, the dating predated the Chili's. Okay, Chris? That's, yeah. Chili's versus Applebee's. Chili's. Applebee's. Oh, chilies. 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 Applebee's. I like, I, I choose Applebee's. That's because you're a vegan and you don't know what good food is. What are you talking about? Bro, I made these places years before I was a vegan. Like, dude, Applebee's spinach and, and uh, spinach and cheese dip alone is, is better. See, that's disgusting. First it's of disgusting. all. Disgusting. Second you of know, all, with, chilies with have, like, uh, 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 what do you call those things? Oh my gosh. What do you call the little So good you can't remember. It's been a while. Hold on, what's what? the um artichoke? Describe it. They have an artichoke. artichoke dip. Yeah. The artichoke dip and the homemade chips at Chili's are unreal. But it has cheese, see Nate. So you can't compare because you can't eat things with cheese in them. And Step. also the Texas cheese fries at Chili's. My mouth is watering just thinking about the chilies. You're, you're like an atheist. Missing missing points left and right. Before I was a vegan, which by the way, I'm a very bad vegan vegan at the moment. I have fallen hard off the wagon. But um, before that, I ate plenty of spinach and artichoke dip from Applebee's and Chili's with cheese, lots of cheese. And I prefer Applebee's. I don't believe you. Wow. My son says that Applebee's is in the ninth circle of hell. And when you go there, that's what you're greeted with. Correct. Yep. They have like their 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 boneless chicken is like all breading and it's it's like nasty. You know, you actually get chicken at Chili's. The last time I ate at Chili's, um, I got I think it was like a, a chicken fried steak or country fried steak or something like that, and it was like two like two patties or whatever, and they were both like pink and raw in the middle, and it was freaking disgusting. I think we've just started the great Applebee's versus Chili Schism of 2023. No, that already happened in like 2016. Oh. Gen Z already had this one. Oh, all right. <laughs> who, who came out on top on that one? Uh, Applebee's won. Oh, well. But it was like, he said Applebee's? Banished from like, Applebee's got banished, but Chili's got like stronger somehow. I don't know. I, I got lost on that like two years ago. There you go. There's 
I think he's right. I think the analysis is You guys realize Gen Z is going to doom all of us. Aren't we past Gen Z? Isn't there a new gen right now? Or are we still yeah, are we still in... Generation I forgot. Generation I forgot. See, that's the perfect Generation Z way to do it. It's Generation I forgot. Um, I didn't name them until they were in, like, middle school. It's true. So, like, what would your daughter be? Would she be a different generation than Gen Z? Yes, but I don't think they have a name yet. Or maybe she'll be a very, very young Gen Z. I don't know. But I know they don't make the cutoff until the kids are, like, old enough to have some sort of, you know, thing some to name thing that they're into. Yeah, or something that happens. Like, the millennials were originally called Gen Y, right? And then it got changed to Gen Y2K because we were all kids in the year 2000, you know. And then it got changed to millennial. But I remember, they, yeah, they initially named us Gen Y. Dude, I just realized that millennials are called millennials because of year 2000, just this minute. Like, oh my god! Just figured that out right now. It was a morph from like, okay, so Gen X came right before us, so then we were Gen Y, then Y two K, like that. Yeah, that's where it came from. Welcome, Abba. If you have anything of substance to talk about, we most certainly do not right now. Um, I mean, there are many substantive things to talk about, but I'm cool. We can just flow. How are you doing, Abba? uh, Apple, Applebee's, or Chili's? Applebee's or Chili's? Chili's. Ha! Yes! See? Rabbi said it. I believe it. That settles it. Hey, the road to hell is broad and wide. You know, why don't you guys pick that one too? Steph and Chris. Hey, Abba, if if a vegan told you that one restaurant was better than another, would you trust the vegan? Hey, what what if the vegan makes his assessment before he's a vegan? So I would because... Uh, when I when I eat out out of my house, I eat like only vegetarian or dairy food. Uh, I won't eat meat in other in non kosher. Re- if I'm eating at kosher restaurants, I'll I can eat everything. But when I eat in non kosher restaurants, my practice is to just eat vegetarian and dairy. But if a vegan told me that this vegan restaurant was was really good, I would totally trust them. Well, Abba doesn't count, but we will take his vote. No, I, I, I'm hey. one. No, 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 no. Hey. But Steph, thank you. Thank you for asking. I am, you know, all things considered, fine. Um, my brain and my heart really hurt a lot. But in general, in my waking days and whatever, there's life to live and kids to take care of and things like that. But uh, it's hard. Very tough days. If you, don't, if you don't mind me asking, how old is your oldest? He's twelve. Does he understand kind of what's going on, or is it is it kind of you're just kind of keeping this from from younger children? Like how how do you deal with like talking to children about what's happening? It's a really great question. Um, there's been a whole set of resources by all kinds of different organizations talking about how to have these conversations in you know, developmentally appropriate ways. I talk about it with him. I, you know, we're not talking about the super duper huge atrocities. He's not watching the news. 
he has no social media to look at so he's like shielded from some of the horrible horrible images that we should never have to see but i do want to i do want him to have a sense of like news and current events and i want him to have a sense about evil so we talk about it it's very interesting in our family particularly because we're planning his bar mitzvah which is going to take place in jerusalem in june and as we were doing some planning last night, he asked, you know, will the war be over by then? That, you know, sort of a heartbreaking, but very thoughtful question. Yeah, um, what are you going to do? You know, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, you know, there's always sort of the potential of hostilities in Israel. Um, when there's no active war going on, you know, I think it's safer than riding the subway in New York. But, you know, that's a matter of opinion, I suppose. Um, you know, we'll see what happens if we have to cancel or readjust, we will, you know, June is a long time away. Do you have a lot of family there? Yeah, I have tons of cousins and, and, you know, my grandparents used to live there before, you know, they died, but my grandparents are buried there. Um, tons of cousins and other kind of family. I lived in Israel for seven years, so tons of my friends are being called up to the reserves, um, all kinds of stuff. So. It's um. You know, I saw this thing on Facebook, which is great. People ask, "Do you have family there?" And the then the response in the meme was, "Yeah, seven million Jews." Right. Yeah. Right. And so, like, that's definitely that's definitely a sentiment. But I actually have like real first cousins and and things like that. So yeah. Have you been able to keep contact with everybody? Yeah, we have a whole. Yeah, people are in touch in all kinds of various ways, and emails, and WhatsApps, and and things. Um, you know, it's stressful. People that you know, people don't have the time or energy to like sit and report. People are really grateful to receive messages, uh, and you know, there's no school. People have to people have to be at home with their kids, and they're in bomb shelters for hours and hours. And and so it's like, what do you do? Can you go to the grocery store or not? Can you? I don't know. Can you work or not? You know, it's a it's a real war. It's a real war. Um, so in America here, like a lot of insurance companies don't, like if your home is damaged in an act of terrorism or an act of war, that's not covered. A lot of people don't, don't know that about their homeowners insurance policies. Like, um, here in America, that's, that's actually in the policy. You can go and read it for your own homeowners policy. Um, most American policies do not, do not cover acts of war or acts of terrorism. Is that the same in Israel? And if so, is there just a community effort to rebuild people's homes when things happen? Or is that handled by insurance companies? I don't know what the insurance is like, but I do know that the Israeli government provides all kinds of assistance to victims of terror. I think there's a special line, budget line for that, plus all the NGOs that, you know, there's several NGOs that do that, or specifically, you know, devoted to that work. There's a whole fund of diaspora Jewish money uh, that's raised that is specifically for victims of terror. Um, and of course, Israel is, a, as many societies are, but Israel is a, is a society where people take care of each other, feed each other, um, all, this kind of, all this kind of thing. And you know, if you want to read some heartwarming, find the really heartwarming stories about you know, the restaurant owner who didn't charge for the giant Shabbat food order for the family, right? 
um, read about the, uh, you know, read about the, the yeshiva kids who were called down to dance at these couples wedding. Cause they sort of had to cancel their wedding and none of their guests to get there. But this yeshiva 18 and 19 year old yeshiva kids made them a wedding, right? Read about the, read about the bar mitzvah family that had to cancel their bar mitzvah and they donated all the food to families and bomb shelters, right? Like these are the heartwarming. This is, this is what a resolve sort of looks like. But in terms of, in terms of like that kind of direct financial aid and material aid, there's, there's all kinds of it. And lots of it comes from the government. Good morning, serendipity. What's up? Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Feel free to jump so, in. Rabbi, I haven't started my uh, Hebrew classes yet. What are your, uh, like Chris what your PTR say? Oh, sorry. I'm just asking Rabbi what his PTR said. Oh, the PTR says uh, release them now. You know, it's like about the host about hostages. Release them now. So, as Americans, do we want to talk about the impact of having senators? Who support Palestine? We want to stay away from that topic today. This is what's bothering me. I mean, morning. I best. I mean, it seems like we can almost talk about it by not talking about it. Like, I mean, I bet we're all thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's worth noting, though. I mean, yes, there are individuals. <clears throat> the House of Representatives and Congress as a whole is remarkably united about making sure Israel has its material needs. Um, you know, two aircraft carriers are being sent over. <clears throat> Any kind of munitions that Israel needs, they will receive. Um, this has to be, you know, whatever your stance on Israel, it is good for Israel that there is bipartisan support for Israel in America amongst the less elected officials. It's, it, you know, even though there's differences of opinion about how to handle it, Israel should not remain. Israel should not become a right wing or conservative issue. It's it will be bad for Israel if that happens. Um, that's never really been the case historically about congressional support for Israel. It's 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 typically been exceptionally widespread positive support. It remains that by and large. I think it's worth. It's really important to say that it really is that. Um, those other folks, they're sort of loud and saber rattling, but I don't think they're significant in American foreign policy. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, also, like, you got Ben Shapiro, of all people, praising Biden about his response to the crisis. I know. Wasn't that shocking? Biden, Biden was spectacular. His two speeches were just spectacular. He's the guy vomit in my mouth. No, I'm saying like whatever you no, want to say, right? but he, 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 it's fine. Right. But he, he understood the moment. He is the comforter in chief, right? He's really good at that. And you got to think about, he's probably the only elected official in America who met gold in my ear. Like around the Yom Kippur war. <clears throat> He's probably the only elected official who's ever met. Like his relationship with Israel is decades and decades and decades long. He has a deep, deep understanding and a deep love. Um, I actually know he 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 talks about his rabbi 
from Delaware, um, who I know also. I mean, he has this, and, and, and legit, this guy is his rabbi. Joe has a priest and Joe has a rabbi. Um, Michael Beals, he's, he's amazing. And just Joe knows how to, Biden knows how to do these relationships. And I, I think he's the, he's the guy you want. I think he's the guy you want in this moment. He's going to be steadfast, resolute, unwavering. Um, he was, he was really great. Man. Uh, just for, you might, have to, you might have to explain who Golda Meir is. Golda Meir was the, was um, a prime minister of Israel, but also held other government offices, foreign minister, and things like that. During the Yom Kippur War, she was she was either the defense minister or foreign minister or something. She gets a lot of heat over the Yom Kippur War because it it the history shows she was warned. They were warned about it and did nothing. And so on Yom Kippur, when everybody was in synagogue, you know, it was a surprise attack. People left from synagogue, grabbed their guns and went to military bases. Um, but she's a significant person in Israeli history. Um, the only female prime minister in Israeli history. Um, there's a new movie about out about her, actually, a biopic um, called Golda. Um, and it takes place sort of in and around the Yom Kippur War in 73. Very well, fascinating. Well, at the, expense of, at the expense of feelings, I, I, I mean, you know, just to stay the other side, like I, I can't hardly contain myself. Um, I, I, I can't say anything nice about Biden. If he does good stuff for Israel, it's in spite of himself, not because of himself. That's um, false. Yeah, That's I, I understand, Nate. That is demonstrably false. Whatever you think about Biden, that is simply false. Well, I will <laughs> say I, I will. I mean, give me your thoughts on this. Like, give me your emotionless thoughts on the following, like people who would say that perhaps if there was someone who had a different approach to world leadership in America, um, you know, perhaps Hamas never would have done this to Israel, just like nope. Russia never would have done this to Ukraine. No, nope. yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. that. I don't believe that for a second. Say what you Why? want about. Why? Because it's not true, because that money, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Right. The whatever you think the rapprochement that has gone and the money released and whatever, it wouldn't have mattered. Iran would have still supplied Hamas with the weapons. They would have still had plenty of it. This uh, this this operation was planned for months and months and months. Um, It wouldn't have mattered. And that's a straw man. That's a straw man simply to attack Democrats. It's not true. Don't let anyone tell you that. I don't care about it. I don't care about attacking Democrats like on this is. This Israel issue, I think there are plenty of dis- Democrats I disagree with on other policy, but I think they are strong on their Israel policy. But Biden does not represent all Democrats. But it's, it's yes, also not Biden, about the money. Excuse me. Biden is the head of the party and the elected president from the Democratic Party. He is the leader of the Democratic Party. He speaks for the Democratic Party. I mean, Democrats disagree with him. So what? No de- so what? Republicans disagree with Trump. He is the flag bearer yeah, of the Republican Party. Okay, fine. That's not my point, though. Being the flag bearer of the Democratic Party doesn't mean he doesn't disagree with other Democrats, like Ilhan Omar, for example. Doesn't matter. He's the president. Ilhan Omar is insignificant in American foreign policy. Great. That's also not my point. That's a straw man on your side. I'm not making that point. I'm, and it's also not about the. It's not about the money. It's not about the unfreezing of the money. It's more about you know, like for for the previous administration. I know you hate Trump. I get it. I'm not trying to make this a conversation about that. But it's like we have a record of like peace and no wars, and and you can say but it's just really, coincidental. Really, you can say there it's, was, you can really, really, co- 
You really, can say, there wasn't are, a you gonna really? are you going to let me talk? Are you going to let me talk? Are you going to let me talk? No, Nate, you're you, out you because say, you're wrong. You're wrong. You can say it's coincidental, but there is a lot more peace and a lot less violence, either through coincidence or because they're like, this guy's insane, he'll kill everyone, or because they're like, well, he'll fight us. Like whatever you're wrong. You're, you're just you don't understand how this works, okay? And tell me, tell me this. I'm wasn't... so dumb, and you're so smart. All right, tell us. Your it is not about dumb experience. or it's not about dumb or smart. It's about exposure to the to the complexities of this issue, and you're just ana analyzing it incorrectly. You're not. You're going to tell me there wasn't a 51 day war between Israel and Hamas during the Trump administration? Yes, I'm there was. Yes, there first, was. First of all, I'm talking globally, but if you want to hone on this, fine. I'm not saying there was not any skirmishes or any violence, but there was no Russia-Ukraine. There was no about-to-be-China-Taiwan, and there was not this level of Israel and Hamas. Is that fair? You're, no, it is not. No. It's, okay, it's, so this, the 51 days was just like this. Okay, go ahead. No, it wasn't just like this, but it's the same, it's the same war. It's the same war. And if, the, if you want to point to Biden and his foreign policy, which he, in, which he inherited a mess from Trump— don't think okay. for a second. Don't oh, think for a, don't think for a second that Russia Ukraine has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It 100% has things to do with Donald Trump and his foreign policy and his relationship with the Russians. Okay? There there is contiguity between American administrations and what they inherit from their predecessors. Like Obama, and what sure. they, and what they leave for their successors. Okay? So don't isolate it. Secondly, whatever you think about Biden and his foreign policy and the ways in which Iran and Hamas want to respond to that, right? Well, that's their choice to respond in certain ways. Biden is not responsible in any way for the actions of murderous, rapist terrorists. And to suggest that, that the American president, regardless, has given comfort to the enemy and has betrayed its closest ally is a ridiculous thing to say and is simply a straw man to attack Democrats and the president. Don't do right. it. Right, Abba, I totally, I totally agree, Abba. Now go find someone who said that and talk to them because that is not what I said Exactly all. what you at said. All. That is a patently false. I did not say he was offering comfort or aid. I said he's a weak, sucky person and people are emboldened by him. That doesn't not mean relevant. he supports Not relevant man. to this. Totally point. relevant. Yes, it is. It no, is it relevant. is not. You just straw man the crap out of me. Nate, you said that Joe Biden has offered this support not in, in spite of himself, and that is just incorrect. I said if he does good things for Israel, it's in spite of himself. Not That's not himself. correct. That is not correct. That is demonstrably false. Look at his voting record on Israel as a senator. It's, it's just wrong, Nate. You're just factually wrong. Who else was saying something? Was that Nick? Yeah, I mean, the whole Biden a strong leader. Biden doesn't even know where he's at, man. He's not a strong leader. He's just he doesn't even know what he's doing. Like to think that he's he's somehow you know doing like have this all planned. Like he doesn't even know what he's doing, man. Guys, that's honestly, honestly, if you want to be, if you want to be in support of Israel right now, you stand behind the fucking American president and what he said. If you well, don't, stop cursing. No, okay, stop. That is, that is, this is such bull. Like, God, I know we disagree in politics, but this is next level. If I want to support Israel, that does not mean I have to suck at the altar of Biden. That guy I'm sucks. not saying suck at the altar of Biden. I'm saying on this issue, you get in line. 
<laughs> no. First of all, if you tell me to get in line, I will get in line despite of that comment if I want, not because of that comment. Americans like don't like being told what to do. So don't tell me I have to get in line behind Biden or I don't support Israel. That's get off crap, your and you get know off get off your moral high horse and listen to me. My country is at war, not you. My country. country is funding it. You listen to the fucking prime minister. Listen to what he said about. There's pretty much one rule and you continuously break it. Stop your cursing. It is not that difficult. I don't care how emotional someone is. You can control your speech. I don't like cursing here. I don't like to censor it. I like it to be available for YouTube for everyone else to hear this. Even what nonsense it is. Stop cursing. Uh, okay, so, um, boy, Abba, uh, it is very hard for a conservative to want to, like, okay, in times of war, right, like, it's looking increasingly likely that America is going to physically get involved in this and not just be financially involved, right? So it's not as though we're over here sort of like not caring. We have friends in the military. We have sons and daughters and brothers and sisters in the military. Like this is, this is not as far from home as we would like it to be or as far from home as you imply. It's very hard for me to hear fall in line behind the president that has been funding Iraq that just funded Hamas for decades. Like, I guess the trouble I'm having right now is wondering, Abba, I don't know if you're going to let him back up, Nate, but Abba, like, why would you make that concession? You know, getting in line behind, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, getting in line in America and supporting America's support, right? I'm with you there. Like in times of war, quibbling about a president should fade. When 9-11 happened, the approval rating for George Bush was so high. It was like a record high in, in American history. Everybody was like, yeah, George Bush, like, you know, immediately after. And then there was fallout, right? So I'm with you on that sentiment of like small things need to go into the distance when there's wartime. But this is this is also a president who has authorized over the decades the funding of what's going on right now. So I guess I'm kind of surprised that that that's a that you're accepting that as part of the story. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm not having feelings about it. I'm confused by it. So I'd like to hear clarification. Well, I, I mean, they the answer is, I mean, you know, he is a liberal and it's probably not that he just decided to support Biden on this issue. He, I'm sure he probably is fine with Biden's policies. He voted Ooh, for Biden. Yes. Okay. Uh, from past conversations. Correct me if I'm wrong, Abba, but uh, I, I don't want to get back into it, but I, I, I'm pretty sure he's quite far left. Uh, he is quite far left and I'm pretty sure he probably voted for Biden and is totally fine with Biden's policies. So it's very easy for him to say, like, you know, if Trump was in office, I'd be like, come on, guys, just get behind Trump. It's fine. It's your patriotic duty. And they'd be like, well, that's easy for you to say. You voted for Trump. You think Trump's doing great. But it's harder for us because we can't stand Trump. It's like that. Like, he may have a different tune if he also couldn't stand Biden. But I, I think he likes Biden or at least supports his policies. So it's very easy for him to get behind. I guess it's just there's been such a direct line of activity that has led to this, right? So I don't know. Like, I could see Stand with America. I, I'm having a hard time seeing that support for Israel equals support for Biden. Like that's that's the that's the hard part that I'm having connecting. Well, anyone else have anything to say? Yeah, about anything? 
Yeah, when do we vote? Uh, I don't think we will vote. I think they're going to use all kinds of things to cancel the election. So there will not be one because of wars that, you know, he's got us into. That's what my husband said. You two are listening to the same people. <laughs> uh, We're just that. looking around. <laughs> yeah, I, I seriously don't think there's going to be a 2024 election. And if there is, it's going to be so overwhelmingly, like, you know, um, fraudulent that it, it's, it's, it's either going to be like an incredibly fraudulent election or there's, I, I really think there's just not going to be one. To um, be well, there fair, has to historically, be. in times of war, it is very rare for an American president to not win the re-election during wartime. Like that's that I think that's only happened like once. Right. So it's like okay. So if you notice what happened, I haven't I haven't checked into this too much, but I just heard like the the um, gun charges against Hunter, like they were about to ramp them up like two weeks ago, and I, I just heard like I think this morning that they were dropped. I, I haven't verified that. But if that's true, okay, ask Chad if he agrees. So on one hand, yes, uh, getting a wartime president out is hard. So before this Israel thing, and as Ukraine was starting to like, you know, everyone's kind of turning against it. And they're like, well, you're praising actual Nazis. So, you know, that's bad. So like, it seems like the steam for Ukraine is running out. And it seems like Biden is stubborn. Like if there's one thing he's got, he is stubborn. So it seems like maybe his people pulling his strings uh, you know, the people actually like telling him what to do and guiding him and stuff like that. Um, they're like, okay, Biden, step away, say it's because of family reasons, say it's because of anything. And he's like, no, I like being the president. I like power. Maybe he has a lucid moment to say that. And uh, now you see like, oh, well, maybe we'll just bring up some gun charges on Hunter. And it seems like now the kind of mainstream media that's been backing Biden um, was starting to like, you know, bring out some reporting against Biden and like raising questions like kind of like, hey, this is the beginning of their end and they're going down that road, like criticizing Biden, which has not really happened that much. So it's like, well, why are these things happening? Why now are they bringing gun charges? They're going to act on that against Hunter. Or they're putting pressure on him. Is it to make him stand down? Um, is it because he's not willing to get away on his own? So they're going to force him to get away. So either he's like, okay, guys, fine. Let's agree on this date and time. I'll step down. And they're like, fine. We'll relax the charges on Hunter. Or is it because, you know, this event just happened that now maybe they're like, okay, well, we don't need to go after Hunter now. You'll continue to be our puppet because you'll win re-election because wartime presidents are hard to remove. So if you consider all the potential angles, this could be why these things are happening. Hello, Saint. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> yeah, dude, our government is, is out of control. Like, of the founding fathers, a bunch of them were killed because they started becoming tyrannical. But now our government, nobody's even been locked up in the last 50 years. Like, there's no accountability to our government. It's bad. What's up, Terrence? Hey, good morning, brothers. 
Uh, I guess I have a question. I'm good. I'm good. Um, in light of everything that's currently going on, where do y'all feel Christians should be focusing their energy in these days? Troubling times, as they say. <laughs> Looking to the eastern skies. Sharing the gospel. It's an answer to all problems. Um, what about in terms of uh, more... Uh, practical preparations, you know, as far as what's to come. I don't really know where you're going with that. Well, war is inevitable. Uh, U.S. will get dragged into one of the three wars that's on our, you know, that's on our horizon. Uh, Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, it would just be a a prudent practicality. I mean, the same thing that in in peace, but maybe, you know, redouble the efforts. So, you know, make sure, I don't know, start with your family, right? So make sure you have, I don't know, a source of clean water, water filters, food storage, stuff like that, um, which you should just always have because. um, And then as far as, you know, politically or religiously, you know, definitely share the gospel, preach Jesus, which we haven't been doing here so much this week because we've been focusing on fighting about, uh, well, sometimes fighting about the Israel thing, but yeah, so sharing the gospel because, you know, we're all going to die someday. What happens then? Eternity is more important than anything that happens in the next hundred years. Um, I would say that, and then also focus on, you know, condemning, uh, you know, just disgusting barbarism, you know, war is hell. People will die. There's always civilian casualties. No one should be in a hurry to do that, but especially people who intentionally go out of their way to seek out civilian non-combatants and do all kinds of disgusting things, no matter who's doing that, wherever the victims are, uh, you know, try to help the victims if you can, if they're not dead and murdered and whoever the individual perpetrators are. Um, it would be nice if they had a chance to, you know, repent and become a Christian and receive eternal life, but they need to be probably sent to meet their maker and be judged by them very quickly. Um, that's what I think. So promote peace. Um, you know, self-defense, uh, people have a right to live and a right to exist. And if people don't like that and they try to fight and get rid of them, then fight back. And if that means people die, you didn't want that work. That's my thoughts. Good thoughts, good thoughts. Steph, Victoria. Sorry, I'm talking to Abba in the chat. I'm still just puzzled. Go ahead, V. Oh, um, I'm just taking all the information in. But yeah, um, like I said in the chat, Eben, um, um, our our thoughts and prayers are with you at this time. For sure, it's not an easy time for you. Um, so we'll keep you in prayers. Well, Todd, are you speaking or are you taking things in? Oh, I was speaking. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't even know what I, I was going to say. About. I'm sorry. You were talking about is when's the next election was your question, and then we went off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's an election coming on the horizon soon. And we all know when there's an election coming, people make themselves look amazing in the front of the public so that they get reelected. Um, yeah, that's basically what I'll say. That's why I don't even care about politics anymore, because I believe 
it's just a puppet show. So, and trust me, Steph knows I used to be a political junkie like no other. And now I could really care less. Just, just look for Jesus. I don't care about any of the politics. The world's going to do, do what you, the world's going to do. Do you care less in the sense that you are so apathetic you don't even vote? Or do you care less like you're not putting a lot of stock in it, but you'll still vote for what you think or hope is the best way? Yeah, I don't even vote. Like, if I was going to go vote, it's Jesus down the line. Like, come on, let's go. Hurry up. Let's, you know, well, come, Lord, that, but I mean, come do, Lord, come. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. But, I mean, I, I, I mean, I would still vote because there's always, you know, until Jesus does return, there's always going to be a lesser evil, right? Or especially in local politics. Or, like, for example, you know, I, I fully am ready to go to my heavenly home, but I'm also not in a hurry to be murdered to get there. Um, so, yeah. you know, if, if enough people like Steph didn't vote in New York, now she barely can't get a right to defend herself, where at least in Florida, even though politicians lie and suck and everything like that, at least we have the ability to defend ourselves because we have voted appropriately. Um, so, I mean, there, there are things like that or, you know, taxes and just, you know, like living stuff that actually absolutely does have an effect. So even though in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's all bad. Um, I mean, it does still make a practical difference for how how peacefully and how well we can live our lives until they just destroy it all. Yeah. So the Bible says that he who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life will keep it. And it also says that before the coming of the Lord, the tribulation will happen. So I vote for all kinds of horrible things to happen. So oh, that the wait, Lord I will come. He didn't vote. No. So you, so don't you, you don't. So what I'm saying is, the more tribu the more tribulation that hits the earth, the sooner the Lord will come. So God, wait let, a minute, hold on. Let let the Lord or let the world do what the world does, and That's I'm just waiting for I'm just waiting for God to come. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I just want to know if you're little... like legit going full doomsday or yeah, Steph, go ahead. I know we're being a little tongue in cheek, Todd, but when you said that you vote for horrible things to happen, like. Do you, you realize? No, I don't vote for it to happen. Okay, okay. all right. Just making what sure. I mean is, what I what I mean is, um, you know, I could almost wish the tribulation would come because we know what that brings. Well, that's kind of what I mean. comes, we're not No, I'm here. with you, but I that's believe. the same mindset of the woman who drowned her children so that they didn't have. No, to we're not going to do that. Crazy. Okay, all right. Just making sure. I'm not causing tribulation to come, but it's going to come. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, I believe at that point when it comes, I won't be here, um, you know, per my belief. But I mean, you know, I would also say loving and clinging to life um, is not the same as like voting for a little bit lower taxes when you go to Walmart. Um, and I would say hating my life is not like running into the arms of people being like, please murder me, please murder me. I'd say, you know, that's not exactly the fulfillment of that scripture. No, that's not what I mean either. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Well, I, I was just going to ask. Oh. What, Vic? Uh, Nate, do, do, do you believe in the rapture? Yes, I do. Ah, I see. The touching oh, on you? the voting aspect. <laughs> oh. Go ahead, Terrence. Yeah, um, I think the voting aspect goes along with what um, Christ told the Israelites in the Old Testament. When they was taken away into captivity, he says, you know, seek peace and prosperity for the city in which you're carried into exile, right? He said, pray unto the Lord, because if it prospers, you prosper. 
So we, we do have a responsibility, even though we're sojourners, you know, here on this earth. But we're here, you know, until we're not. So if we can do things to alleviate some of the craziness uh, towards, um, you know, those in the faith, us in the faith. I mean, I think we should because it's going to benefit not only ourselves, but our children, perhaps our grandchildren, if the world persists that long, or their children, you know. Yeah. Um, and I do those things um, outside of voting, outside of getting involved in the government. Um, you know, in my family unit, in my church family, um, definitely are doing what we can, you know. I just keep it in the family. I am a industrious and studious person who works to provide for my family. Um, I go to a church um, family that helps to support and love one another. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. So in that, we are in a community, but we are a community of, to, of ourselves. And I think that's what we're called. We are aliens. Um in a world that's not our own, uh, yet we have to live here. And so we do the best that we can. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So I just, I don't get involved in the other, the stuff that I don't think that I can affect. So, yeah. Bah, this is too much to type. Abba, I'm not trying to persuade you, right? This is my response. I was just typing. I'm not trying to persuade you. I'm trying to understand. I don't understand. Like, I just want to know, like, does anyone give credit, you know, for the chat conversation? God, I don't want to bring it over here again. But I mean, Trump's like the only one that recognized like Jerusalem as like, you know, the um, where the embassy should be and like all these other stuff. So I don't know. I would wonder your thoughts. Like, it's still bad because Trump sucks or, you know, that was a pretty good thing. Good job. Like, you know, he got the Abraham Accords done, um, which anyway, these are some of my thoughts. Um, Bob, what's up? You said you had the answer to solve everything. Let me see if I can get it right. Bob, the answer to solve everything is stop believing Trinity stuff and, um, 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 Calvinism. Well, that's probably it. Bob, is that the answer to everything? Trump was willing to move it there. That's the point. Bob, oh, 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 the Lord hath blessed us. Bob, if you're trying to speak, we do not hear anything you're saying. Um, usually if you leave and come back, that fixes it, but I would love your answer. I have a feeling it's the Trinity and Calvinism thing, but giving you the benefit of the doubt, I would love it if you had a, an answer. But we do not hear you if you're trying to speak. I think he thinks I just said that to get rid of him, but <laughs> I actually would like to... I mean, we know it's going to be that, right? The Trinity or Calvinism thing. Yeah, he didn't leave because he was offended. He'll be back, I'm sure. Well, one day... Okay, Abba, so, you... you know, your time is just about done. I mean, you know, read the rulers once. Be respectful. Like, you you constantly, every time you're up here almost, you get emotional, you get in a tizzy, you start cursing people out, and I have to drop you. Now you're, like, rambling on about how big of a coward I am, even though I'm letting you talk. Uh, but if you're not able to type in chat, then, I mean, you're just going to have to get out of here. Um, so, I mean, no, I'm not a coward. I, I have to let Jews on stage. We talked to uh, Mir and McZed yesterday, who we disagree a lot about religious stuff, but it was a very good conversation. So of the people we spoke to, you're the one who gets incredibly emotional and touchy. So whatever. You figure it out. If you want to see 
keep like saying trash in comments. That's fine. But at some point, you're just going to have to see yourself out or have help. Uh, someone was saying something. It was V. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Steph. Yeah, I was asking. Um, wouldn't you be surprised when one day Bob comes up and he says he's a Trinitarian and a Christian now? No, I would not. Oh, that's great, Steph. I have faith. I have hope that Bob is going to come around. I hope. Anyone else? <laughs> I mean, there's always hope. I hope for the best. Abba, we understand you've been repeating for a couple of days, and it's not lost on us that your home, that you lived in for seven years, and your family are going through something, your brothers and sisters, that we can't relate to. Like most people here have not had this experience, right? We we understand that. The problem is that, like, it gets really tough, Abba, when you immediately jump to something is anti-Israel, something is anti-Semitic. If you don't love Biden, you're anti-Israel. That's the point where you need to shut the conversation down because it's a non sequitur. And, and then the cursing is just a rule that we have out of respect to, like, I know Nate curses now and then, so do I, but it's like out of hey, respect to yeah, you I do. I said a curse word on the stage. Not on here. What if I curse? Wait a minute. Okay, maybe I'm making an assumption because you and I had a conversation about video games and movies and how you said that cursing wasn't like a big... Okay, I just assumed. I curse now and then. You don't curse ever? Okay, that's a different. Okay, that, that's a different thing. Like if I like, usually I'll tell myself like if I if I do something like if I'm completely out of control, like if usually pain will get me to curse. So like if I get up in the middle of the night and I like stump my toe on on a bed frame, I'm like ah, and I may like let something slide. But no, like I used to curse like a. That's crazy what I person. mean. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying. So I I don't love it. I don't do it normally. I normally control myself quite well. Um, it's like extreme circumstances, but I'm not happy. Um, but when I was talking about video games and stuff in movies, like, you know, if my kids aren't around, like, you know, I, I can listen to some stuff and like video games or movies with cursing. And, you know, I, can, I have a, a reasonably high threshold for that doing it, uh, for that happening. But I have a higher threshold for myself. And, you know, when it is something like, you know, like I, I will just very rarely actually curse myself. That doesn't mean I celebrate it. That doesn't mean I'm happy. I'm like, oh, I want to try better than I do that. Anyways, when we're talking about the Ask a Christian stage. Um, I want to keep that room extra, extra policed because I want it to be available for all audiences and, you know, even Christians. Like, there's plenty of Christians that come up here and try to curse. I'm like, bro, why are you doing this? Like, have a better testimony. Like, have a better thing. So I don't know no, if i All right, I agree. That was my point. Like, it's it's one thing to have a tolerance for cursing, but there are many Christians who don't. It's, and I don't, like, I don't, we don't curse in my house. You know, it's the same thing where I stub my toe or I get cut off in traffic and a word will slip out. So I'm not, like, condemning people for it. What I'm saying is, Abba, you can't curse on this stage. It's a respect thing. Like, that's, you You cursed and then we're told not to, and then you cursed again. Like, we want to be with you in this, and you're making it really, really, really hard. Have you guys stopped fighting? Did you leave because people were disagreeing? No, Chris loves that. He's like a pig in mud. I mean, yeah, Seth's not wrong. Um, no, but my son doesn't like that, and so we're having a morning together, and oh, uh, yeah. he's with me all day, because we got school, school, whatever, conference day today and tomorrow. Yes, we're done fighting. Sorry, JC. Good, he can go back to trolling you with memes and robots. 
Let's go back to fighting. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to explain to Abba how you can disagree with somebody and still love them and still have compassion for their cause. I don't know. I feel like this is something I'm particularly good at and it's not by any doing that I did. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like I, I can love people and still vehemently disagree with them. Maybe it's cause I'm a Christian in New York and otherwise I'd be very lonely. Right? <laughs> it's just like, this is, I don't know, man. Like it doesn't have to go from we disagree. And so you're anti-Israel. Like that's just a hard, that's a hard thing for anyone to swallow, especially when we're all being like, like we're all subjected right now in our work environments to, if you're pro-Israel, you're, Again, I'm in New York. If you're pro-Israel right now, you're getting beat up. And I don't mean like in the workplace or among friends. And it's like, this is something that obviously I'm not being bombed and neither are my cousins. And I, I understand that. But it's not as distant as the accusations imply, right? Like, this is a big thing and everyone is impacted. I mean, at this point, like, I'm going to have to agree with Ben Shapiro think that what this is showing us is that people just straight hate Jews. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know what any other way to put it, but like, you know, like this is a, this is a pretty black and white binary issue. There's not shades of gray. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I just don't understand. I think I'm we all agree. It's Satan. This is like, you know, this is the Bible talks about this. This is what it is. Right. So when we see Israel going through this, when we see the people going through this, for me, the call is stand beside. These are God's chosen people. Right. It's like this is this is what it is. I'm with you. And the, the Chad and I were talking about this this morning. I am shocked by how much pro-Palestine rhetoric there is around me from people that I know. Um and particularly among the liberal and gay communities where it's like, dude, you would be the first one with your head chopped off. Like you live in a country where people are arguing about whether or not to keep Bibles in school. Okay. What? You're supporting a country that would remove the head of a person who shows any kind of homosexual tendencies or is even suspected of it. I am puzzled. And so the only answer is it's just Satan. Like that's it. There's no other, there's no logic to it. I agree there's with no, that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, this is the this is straight up prophetic. Everything that's happening now lines up with what the Bible says should happen. Comes the end time, nations rising up against Israel. And even it's beginning to look like, just judging from the climate here in America, that maybe there is some truth to behind the fact or behind the theory that Mystery Babylon is America. Maybe there's some truth behind that. Well, I, I'm not I'm not gonna say any of this has to do with Bible prophecy at this point. Um, you know, that but what I would say is like I'm just, I'm completely bowled over by, like, I was reading this article, I'll, I'll send it to you, Steph and Nate, um, anybody else who wants it, I guess you can post it in the chat, but it was a really good article about um, the oppressor-oppressed narrative, and kind of where this talk of decolonization comes from in academia, and it's not like they're hiding the ball. Since the 1960s, the word decolonization has carried with it a connotation of utter and complete destruction and violence. And so the idea of decolonization is not like some, hey, we're just going to move these people out. It's literally like decolonization is about we're going to violently wipe out groups of people that we see are colonizers. 
and this has continued to foment through academia for the last 40 years, and now we're like, or I guess 60 years, and now we're like, oh, decolonization is violence? Really? I don't know. I'm very slow to label anyone as anti anything, right? Or pro anything, because that's a great way to alienate people who would otherwise be your allies. Like the people standing arm in arm with you don't need to agree with you on every little thing. Like I say, I'd be very lonely up here if I didn't, you know, yeah, I, have I mean, some I tolerance agree, like, for that. I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> like, you know, the. <clears throat> Like, I have a really, wow, as I die, <clears throat> high threshold for labeling people stuff. So it's easier just to ask the person. So as the author of their statements, if they say something, you're like, whoa, that was a racist statement. Hey, are you a racist? And they're like, what? Oh, no, no. Okay. Oh, my bad. I see how you can think that. This is what I was trying to say. It's like, okay, I'll take them at their word and say they're not a racist. If I'm like, dude, that was that was a racist comment. Are you racist? And they're like, yes, I hate these people. I'll be like, oh. Well, I, I guess then you're a racist. Um, so, you know, it's like, how do you know they want genocide? Are they genocidal maniacs? Um, I don't know. Let's ask them. Um, are you genocidal maniacs? Death to these people. Kill them all. Oh, okay. Well, they are genocidal maniacs. Um, Marquise, to your point. Um, yeah, destabilizing. I, I mean, I, I think this, if you zoom out, like, you know, we talked about this, I guess. Why aren't you speaking, Marquise? Are you, are you in chat? Why aren't you up here? He's but, teaching yeah, school, I, dude. Uh, while he's chatting? I think like destabilization of the Middle East, like Afghanistan, right? Like he just cut and ran and left like, you know, conservatively, 10, generously, uh, you know, liberally. What? I'm saying. I said right? I'm agreeing. Yeah. So when Biden cut and ran from Afghanistan, conservatively, $10 billion, generously, upwards of $80 billion of equipment and all this stuff, even freaking canines. And now when you see people of like, you know, like Hamas, they're not holding the traditional AKs. Some are, but a lot are holding the best high-tech M4 military equipment. Where do you think they got that? Afghanistan. So to say like boneheaded moves were not made, uh, you know, so if you zoom out to the larger region and the larger globe, there's just no legitimate way, way to argue that. Like even in, God, even in the like dark ages, like, you know, when people were using siege weapons, if an army couldn't take their equipment with them, they would destroy it. They would set it on fire so the enemy couldn't use it against them. That wasn't done. Anyway, uh, Marquise, that was to your point. Would you like to respond, Marquise? Sorry. Um, so, number one, I'm in the doctor's office. That's why I uh, oh. That's why I haven't been responding. That's why I was, you know, being a, a keyboard warrior this morning. Um, and I'll be probably off for the rest of the day. I probably won't make it to the to the school because I haven't been feeling the best, but, um, yeah, just listening in. I'll have to go back and listen because I was typing something, so I didn't hear exactly what you just said, oh. Nate. But, but to your point, I think um, I wanted to say that, yeah, when I'm making my statements in the chat, I am looking at a broader spectrum, right? And not just from, like, a logical, philosophical or religio-social perspective, but I'm also thinking about it from a historical perspective and from a military perspective having served and 
you know, seeing things from that perspective and not just in one location, but several locations across the world. And doing that over the span of a few years, you see the effect of, um, you know, how politics or different political foreign policy stances affect these exact kinds of situations. So, um, and everything that I'm saying is observable. It's not perspective. It's not opinion. It's not even subjective. It's something that we can all verify externally. And I think as much as, you know, a situation like this might be polarizing, uh, it might be, it's definitely emotionally charged and reasonably so, um, we can do two things at once. We can chew gum and walk at the same time and even pat our heads while we're chewing gum and walking. Um, and what that simply means is while we can objectively see the evil that's going on there and be against it, we can also objectively say, hey, there's these factors that contribute to that. And also objectively say that while there's these factors that attribute to that, this other solution might not be the best way to resolve that and that not contradict or condemn or diminish our original stance against the evil, period. That's it. Uh, Terrence or anyone else have anything to say? No, I would say unless if people get educated on Islam and they can say it's evil, like nothing's going to change until that that happens. Like what their book commands them to do is just not good. It's just, and we can see the history of Islam. So to me, the core root of this problem is. Islam and the people of Hamas are suffering because of because of that. Abba, you know what? I'm also going to say, is he still here? Abba, before you uh, throw yes. your fit and before you throw your fit and leave, especially when he's a coward, because I won't bend over backwards and be like, you said you keep saying your people are being killed, right? I get it. We can support a people, your people. <clears throat> and also not kick your butt and be, you say, where's your compassion? We can be compassionate and not agree. We don't have to take every single opinion of yours, which plenty of your people would disagree with you on. I know that because they do. So if we don't take your opinion, you say you're a coward, you're wrong, where's your compassion? My lack of cowardness is saying I can support the Jewish people without supporting every harebrained opinion certain Jewish people have. So thank you. Good day. We'll see you later. I will support you, even if that's what you don't think it is. So stand back and let me support you. Um, it's for your own good. So if you can't handle that, nice knowing you. Goodbye. He said I was nice. I'll take it. Okay. You know, and, and that, let's, let me just say one more thing about like, you know, yesterday this kind of came up and like usually the people who like want to like I'm seeing a lot of news news like say this, by the way, and they're talking about, uh, you know, why do Christians especially and why do people want to support Israel? Right. Because the Jews hate Christians and Jews spit on Christians. Right. It's. It's in spite of those reasons, not because of those reasons, obviously. So, like, you know, we think they miss the Messiah thing. We think they're wrong on religion. Um, you know, if someone spits on us they're going to have a big problem with me. Um, but that's not why I'm supporting them. I'm supporting them, well, first of all, because I'd support anyone, uh, you know, against completely er complete eradication and hate, um, you know, 
innocent people, non-combatants, you should not be like genocided. Um, but specifically Israel, because I do think it is biblical. I do think there is religious components. And also we, America, is their ally. So it's like, why are you getting the war in Ukraine? Blah, blah, blah. We're not their ally. They're not part of NATO. There is no legitimate reason. If you say it's for national security, then make a better case besides money laundering. But Israel specifically is our ally. Like it is a strategic thing politically, not religiously now, why we would be their ally and we would support them because we made agreements. If you make an alliance, if you make an agreement, uphold your promise. Otherwise, you're a piece of trash and you suck. So honor your agreements. So politically, that's why. Religiously, that's why. So we can fulfill all these promises and all these obligations and all these things and support. Also, with maybe certain people in the who are Jews hating us or disagreeing with us or not liking us. It's not because of them. It's because on politically, honoring your commitment, honoring your word, religiously, I think God's got a thing for Israel, um, the people or the state, whatever. Um, and then just like, you know, as a good moral person, even if someone hates me, I would prefer them not be genocided if they're not like an enemy combatant. But Chris, even if we go with something. the fact, the statement that Jews hate Christians, I mean, have you met Hamas and the Iranians? I mean, out of the two, you, I mean, you still got to go with the lesser evil if you're making a logical decision, which we know this goes beyond just a logical decision. <laughs> uh, Chris, I think you're about to say something. I thought I heard you speak. I, I'm at the gas station. I can't really talk right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sometimes like, you know, people just need to get out of their own way and let people help them. And I, you know, on a global scale, who knows what that looks like? It's, it's a lot more, um, you know, a lot more nuanced and a lot, uh, I mean, you know, I can't do anything. Right. And, and then if people are like, well, how would you solve this? You want boots on the grounds? Blah, blah, blah. No, then stop saying you want boots on the grounds. I'm not saying that. Then what are you saying? You know, lend them drones. Oh, so you want the drone controller? Yes. Give me the drone controller. Let me do what I would like to do. Like the same thing I would encourage other people to do. I would like that. Let me fly the drones. They're like, oh, well, 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 we don't want to do that. For example. Sean, you've been quiet a while. Would you like to say anything? Wonderful, wonderful. Todd? Oh, Michael. Man, I was about to message you. It's been a, a while since we've seen you. Has work been busy or? Michael? Hello, hello. Yeah. How, how have you been? Has has work been busy? I, I was wondering why we haven't seen you for a while. Uh, yeah, that's all I've been doing is working. Um, 11, 12 hours a day, oh. six days a week. <clears throat> it's been, it's been, you know, just ridiculous. Just, you know, lots of just meeting upon meeting upon meeting upon meeting upon getting ready for the next meeting. Ugh, so crazy. All, is, yeah. all, is, is all better now or is it still crazy? Oh, no, it's still ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's still stupid. But it, I think it's on the, the course to getting better. Um, I got approval to do what it is I wanted to do. Um, so now I'm having to do that, which is... So it's just setting up the infrastructure to bring in a consultant to, you know, 
decide how everything was going to be all, you know, parsed out and everything else like that. And so it's just been ridiculous working with that and then trying to, um, manage my own caseload as well, which is, yeah. So it's a, it's all just, yeah, nothing personal. I've just been busy. <laughs> what, uh, what's going on in here this morning? I assume and <clears throat> I came in at the tail end of what I think was Abba saying something, but I didn't actually hear him say anything. So are you just oh, you talking missed, about the, the atrocities missed, in the Middle East right now? Yeah. You missed the spiciness. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've only been paying a little bit of attention. Uh, basically, Hamas is a terrorist organization that has to be shut down. Uh, it's in their charter to kill Jews. Um, it's unacceptable, and they have to be dealt with in the harshest way possible. And in the in the same at the same time, pr- protecting innocent civilians. I have uh, a dear friend who grew up in Palestine, um, and you know, I think that after having discussions with him. Uh, I think there's a, you know, Pal- Palestine absolutely has the right to exist, as does Israel. Um, it's a big enough place, I think, for both. Um, I don't understand all the nuance that goes along with it, but um, but the slaughter that's gone on is unacceptable, and yeah, it can't can't be let to go. Well, yesterday there was a pretty good history lesson that kind of explained back from uh, what for the last hundred years or so. Um, McZed was talking, so it was it's pretty good. Um, there there are some things I knew, some things I didn't know, but it was a good history lesson about um, where things were and where things are currently and why they are the way they are. I appreciated it. Yeah, but yeah. That, what you said. Getting, what, Chris? I was just gonna say it was not getting history from the protocols of the elders of Zion. Well, I guess the only problem with the, the coexistence thing is that, I mean, yeah, like the average everyday America, we maybe we're not the biggest fan of Putin, but we don't want to like kill him or anything like that. But our leaders do. Same thing with Palestine. Maybe the every average day Palestinian don't care much about eliminating the Jews, but those who are running the country, that's exactly what they want to do. So there's really no no coexistence on the line uh, at this particular moment, not with the current regime. And then it's like, you know, the intangibles, like things you'll never know, right? Like who is, who is truly innocent? Um, that's like, no, I live in, I'm Palestinian. I live in Gaza. I don't want anything to do with harming anyone. Um, versus how many are there who are just like not physically, um, you know, waging war and doing violence, but how many of them are, you know, still serving the purpose, like, you know, comfort, aid, shelter, like, you know, I don't know, loading ammunition, loading up vests, um, you know, to bombs or whatever. Um, how many are participating uh, just not physically being the ones to shoot and kill. Um, how many are hostages in their own place? It's like you want out, but Hamas won't let them out. Um, how many would also never like lift a finger to help Hamas, but like in their heart, like they fully support everything they do, but they themselves aren't. And these are things we'll never know. Uh, Steph, by the way, things we can know. Did I fix your sticker issue? Like, uh, do you have the stickers you would like to have? You people, I swear. (laughs) She's probably having to take care of the baby. All right, Chris. Say something good. Uh... Uh... 
hyper-Calvinism is bad. Discuss. Why do you hate Christians, Chris? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I love the fact that Michael's um, take, the exact same take that you and I had the other day, <laughs> was pretty much Michael's take. And then, like, we got called um, people that wanted to genocide other people. And I'm like, brah. Like, not what we said. And, uh, yeah, there's just, just like, so, Michael, like, there's just been a steady stream of people coming in that, like, you know, you say, like, hey, Hamas should be eliminated. And they're like, why do you want to kill everybody in Gaza? And we're like, wait, what? That escalated quickly. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been nice and toasty in here with how many straw men get burned down. And, I but, mean, there also is a thing. So, Michael, um, yeah. using... Using summoning all of your reasonable faculties, walk through this um, in as much nuance as you can where you don't sound like a monster. Okay, so just stating facts. We know war is hell, and there are casualties that should not be. There are civilian casualties whenever there's war. That's just the way it is. Um, so as everyone wants to say you support genocide, I'm not saying that. I, I That is the fact. Like, when there is war, innocence die who should not die um so there's that and then at a certain point um you know like like uh japan right like the bombing like or world war ii like you know when hitler indiscriminately bombed civilian targets in london um all these things so like you know we see there are times but at least in america's case in japan like that pretty much you know had a large hand in ending the war um was massively destroying two cities full of innocent civilians. Um, which, by the way, it's not genocide. There's plenty of people left. But, I mean, where do you stand on that? Like, if someone is like, look, here's your option. Do nothing. Lay down. Let the side that hates you murder you all. Um, or, uh, strategically, at incredible loss of life to the own people who didn't want this war, how many of them should you sacrifice by trying to protect innocent civilians like doing things like going door to door and encountering like, you know, booby traps, like, uh, you know, enemy combatants, all this stuff. Like how many people who don't want this war, yet it came to them, should you sacrifice before you do things like Japan? And I don't know the answer. So can you give us your take um, with, I guess, not promoting genocide? <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing easier on a Thursday morning than trying to figure out how to solve this kind of problem. Um, <laughs> it's all on you. You have five minutes to solve all problems. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, re reject gods and uh, reject all gods and accept socialism. There you go. Done. No. Um, okay. Can we all die uh, equally? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think that okay, – so the, the first answer to the question, how many people should be sacrificed? Well, I mean the best answer is none, right, which is also not realistic. Um, but in, in, a, in a perfect world, I would say that would be the – like the goal is to start – the goal is none, right? And then as you reasonably work your way through the process, hopefully as few people as possible die. Um, I agree with the statement you said. Non-military combatants will always die. Uh, in war. Is that right? No. Um, it is, however, a fact of reality, and it's terrible. Um, I don't know what the answer... Like, you, I don't think it's reasonable to try to put an equation to this. You know, uh, you know A plus B uh, minus C times D equals X, right? And, and if, we, if we hit the number X, 
then we drop a bomb. No, I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I don't know how that could ever, ever be uh, rationally justified. Um, and I'm glad I'm not in those positions. Uh, I, I don't think I would have the capacity to do that. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I don't really like things like militaries. Um, but, um, yeah, like th there is a point. But it, it, it's hard to it's it's really hard to sift through. And I don't and I don't have a good answer for it. Is there a time to do it? The nuclear option? <sighs> No, I don't think there's a time for the nuclear option. That's my opinion. Um, putting, I think putting people on the ground um, is, is, the, is the least damage you can do. That, I, I don't know how else to, to answer it. Yeah, I, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the least damage you can do, but the damage done would presumably be from the side who didn't want the war in the beginning. So it's like, truly innocent people versus other perhaps truly innocent people. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's very hard, right? Like that's why not a lot of people want that job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, yeah, I like there's, I certainly don't envy people in those positions that have to make those types of, uh, of calls because I don't know how to go about it. Um, and that's why, you know, it never comes down to one person. Like, it's never one person that says, you know, it's this, right? I think one person then makes the decision. But it's not without consultation that none of us even have the ability to comprehend. At a level, none of us have the ability to even comprehend. Yeah. I think that's best said. Like, it's a massive team of people that figure it out. And <laughs> they just figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, presumably they're, I mean, you know, decisions are only as good as information. So, I mean, presumably they would have the best of it and they would have the most of it. So they would be able to subjectively, I guess, make the best, hopefully the best decisions. But uh, David, what's up, David? Hey, everyone. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, just uh, in regards to the nuclear option, I mean, we all probably know, right? I mean, we did a utilitarian analysis of invading Japan and America came to the conclusion that dropping the atomic bombs would would suffice to end the war. Some argue the second one was unnecessary, but that's another story. But yeah, it's uh there's no there's no right answer. It's there's no there's no magic formula you do. It just all depends on the temperament of the leader in charge. And in this one, it's like, where's my pudding? Well, I mean, let's be real clear. No one's talking about actually nuking Gaza. Yeah. First of all, like, yeah. I mean, it's too small. Like, I don't even. <laughs> actually, actually, did you hear? I think one of the, was it some, some uh, lady in Israeli parliament? Like, maybe she was being facetious. But um, she actually uh, did say maybe they should drop a, a nuke on, on Gaza. Um, and, hopefully she just meant like big bomb. Um, I'm sure she would have quickly been corrected and be like, you know, you're dumb, right? So, but, but I mean, the words did come out of her mouth <laughs> on the world stage. Yeah. And there, there's enough bombs to have the functional, you know, equivalence of a nuke. I mean, you could just carpet bomb everything. I'm not advocating that, but I mean, that, that, that's, 
that's what you could do too. I mean, at this point, what Hamas wants is they want pictures. Like, they want video of terrible things happening to their people in Gaza to be able to, you know, show the world how terrible Israel is and all this other stuff. This has always been their motivation. They want pictures. Um, Shapiro played uh, the phone call from a few years ago when they were doing an operation in Gaza and it was the, the guy answered and they were like, hey, we're going to bomb this apartment building in like six minutes. You got to get everybody out. And and the, the guy from Hamas that, that had answered the phone was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not telling anybody. We need the pictures and the video of dead children. So we're not going to tell anybody. Like, that was it's a straight up phone call. I mean, it's not propaganda. I mean, it's literally happened. And this is where they're at, man. Well, I, I just can't imagine being so beholden to a, a crazed religion that you're going to take your own children and make them cannon fodder. Like, I, it just, it boggles the mind. Like, there was a dad with his, like, three-year-old son, you know, running up to Israeli security forces and demanding that they shoot the kid because he's waving a Palestinian flag. Like, I mean, it, it was bonkers, this video. So, Michael, not the lighthearted discussion you were hoping for, just, uh, you know, which God is bigger or none of them? <laughs> um... Yeah, I'll take the uh, yeah understatement of the century. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were having the great Applebee's versus Chili's debate. Well, neither of those are a thing in Canada, so I don't. We don't have either one. So, oh. well, no, no, we do have Applebee's, but there's so few of them that they might as well not exist. <clears throat> and here they're here they're absolute trash. Oh well, wait. <laughs> uh, my son says that Tim Hortons can get added to the list. No, that's a different class of you're gonna to have to do like Tim Hortons versus Dunkin' Donuts, which Dunkin is Tim Donuts. Hortons, by the way, hundred percent Tim Hortons. I don't have enough data on that. Yeah, we don't live in pagan lands without you know proper restaurant. This makes me think like Horton here's a who. Uh, may, what? May, who speak? Yeah. May I please ask a question? Sure. So, as Michael said earlier. Let's just forget about religion and become socialists. Let's just say humanity never developed any form of religion. Don't you guys think the same things would happen, but just be underpinned with nationality or race or something else? Yeah. I do too. Well, I mean, we have examples of that. Well, yeah, I guess the Ukrainian-Russian war is not really a religious war. It's about other stuff, you know. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess my question, like, I know that I was talking to some other Jewish folks, and they're saying that this is not a religious war. And I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe not on your side, but, like, you know, there would be no Hamas. There would be no none of this stuff 
if Islam wasn't a thing? Right? Does anybody think that there would be a Hamas if there was no Islam? No. Or, I, I mean, the closest you could get is it wouldn't be Hamas, because, you know, religious underpinnings. But, I mean, if the exact same hap- thing happened and neither side had any religion or notion of God, um, and, you know, you had two million people crammed into a small space and other people who they considered invaders showed up, then you would just have a complete secular war for property. But it's 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 all the things combined. It's not one. It is a religious war, but it's not only a religious war. It is political and you know geography related war, uh, but it's not only that. So the people that say things like that, I, I think, are people who are naive and th- they just don't know stuff. Like you know, if it's a Jewish person, they're a very non-religious Jew, um, so they they think it's only like you know the space or occupation or whatever reason racism. Um, if you have a religious Jew or if you have a religious Palestinian versus not, so depending who you talk to, you're going to have all these answers. But I really think, holistically, it's all the above. So it is for all of these things. And you know, yeah, for some people, yeah. for some, in, yeah, for some individuals, it may be for for you know, and a, a non-religious Jewish person and a non-religious Palestinian, if you can find them, um, it may not be about religion for them, but it is definitely about religion for someone within like 500 feet of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that because because in the, by the same way, what Chris, what you said, you know, it's like well, this would not be a thing if you know if Islam was not a thing. Um, you could also say there would never have been any conflict in Northern Ireland had it not been for the Protestants and, and the Catholics going at each other. Um, but what Nate said is true: is that it's not just really is religion a big part of it? Yeah, but so is territory and the monarchy. And, 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 right? Like it's not, it's not one dimensional. Um, but, but, but yeah, those arguments get made like, oh, if it wasn't for this, this wouldn't be a problem. As the great prophet Toad the wet sprocket once said, something is always wrong. So if you take away one thing that causes a problem, there'll be two more to replace it. Something will always be wrong. Oh, hey, also Steph, keeping in mind that the, um, some of the major conquerors of history were not religious. The Persians, the Romans, it was they didn't do that for religious reasons. So there's always going to be someone looking to make a move that benefits them. Now, can I ask a follow-up question, please? Sure. Now, with what Terence just said, do you guys think religion makes it easier to brainwash certain individuals into committing things that boggle our minds like chris said like putting your baby in front of someone and saying shoot him uh it it would have to be indoctrination across the scale that wouldn't just be religion so it could be like racism or you know like neo-nazis or i mean if people are susceptible to one form of brainwashing or indoctrination it doesn't matter if the, the metric is religion or ideology or political if they're susceptible like across the board then just pick your poison so it doesn't mean religion did it. It doesn't mean po- political ideology did it. It means that's a susceptible person. So insert anything into there. Uh, I, I agree. But don't you think the the promise of an afterlife uh, kind of tips the scale more? Uh, Not necessarily. But- I think anything can be used as a driving force. Vietnam, for instance, the reason they were so relentless is because of their national identity. It wasn't because of religious reason. They were vicious. 
I mean, if, if you if you study that, I mean, along with a lot of other countries because of their national identity that they they went as far as they did go in war and anything can be used to governize people or galvanize people, so to speak. Religion you is know, a good one. It really is. That's a that's a good point. I was about Dave. I was about to agree with you and say maybe you had a point, but then Terrence brought up another point, so I will uh, withdraw my agreement because yeah, you have things like culture, right? Like the samurai culture. What what's it called? Um, Shukura or Sakara. Anyways, the thing where they fall on their sword, right? Like they don't believe they're going to heaven. Uh, they believe it's for honor. Um, you know when they when they do that and they like kill themselves. Like who in their right mind would kill themselves? thinking that they're they're just dying and there's no afterlife they're just they're just killing themselves well because they're honor bound or it's their culture or for other people like they're they're like doing something like that um not for a promise of an afterlife but for their legacy or for their future generations uh so so again i mean i i don't think religion has or promise of an afterlife has an upper hand on this um for all the reasons you know terrence terrence brought up like you know different cultures legacy um honor um which sounds crazy to me um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that. So I guess the key is just the indoctrination from an early age, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, there, I mean, I'd, I would like to think if that's the only reason or the best reason, but I mean, even if you don't indoctrinate them at the beginning, at an early age, that may be the best way to do it. But it's like setting up the maybe like the lack of critical thinking or like hitting benchmarks in someone's upbringing. So even if they're not indoctrinated in an early age, it's it's raising them in a way, um, even if that's not what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to if you're trying completely innocently to, I don't know, be a helicopter parent, shelter them from harm, prevent critical thinking and to be like, don't worry about thinking, you know, what to do. Just do what I tell you. Um, you know, even if you're not trying to presently indoctrinate them you could be unwittingly setting up the type of personality that will be susceptible. So later in adulthood, um, you've hit all the markers. They're just waiting for a cultist to come along or a political uh, group to come along and, and start feeding them stuff. And that's going to play right into how they were raised. So, I mean, indoctrinating them the way you want as a child. Sure. That's, I mean, that's probably the best way. But even if you don't do that, like just the way you raise a child, um, innocently as you may hope, it could be setting the stage where they're just like ready to be indoctrinated. Michael, you should have something to say about this, right? Giving your field. What would you say? Uh, yeah, teach kids uh, how to think, not what to think. Um, and there's a very interesting book. Um, I can't remember the author's name now. It's called, uh, it's a, it's a kid's book called Think Like a Detective. Um, and it's for, it's specifically designed to help, uh, kids learn critical thinking skills. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, don't, don't tell, don't tell kids what is so talk to them about stuff and, you know, help them, you know, help them learn how to think. Um, too often hard, right? I walk this very fine line, right? Because you know, as a parent say, oh, you know, shouldn't I be able to, you know, teach my kids what, what I want? Well, yes, but, um, you know, it's like there, we would, you know, we as a society would have a problem if we run around, uh, you know, it's like, for example, <clears throat> from an evolutionary perspective. You're cutting out um, a little bit there, Michael, actually pretty bad. It was right when you said evolution. So I'm going to say God's keeping you from speaking. 
Uh, but Michael, whenever you get a better better signal, let us if know. You lived, if you lived in an isolated area, right, then you could say, you, you could teach your child, you know, like, oh, you know, um, kid asks when they're very young, why is the sky blue? Um, and if you didn't teach them, it was because of light refraction. And you said, you know, the sky's blue because of blueberries. Um, they're probably going to believe you because as because that that's you know th throughout evolution you know it's, it's it's a good thing to listen to our caregivers right they keep us safe you know run away from the the, the, uh, the predators so on and so forth so you keep on telling this kid uh, blueberries 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 and they go to school and you know they get into a you know class when they're however you know years old five or six years old and the teacher says oh you know today we're going to talk about you know the sky and clouds and stuff why is the sky blue and your kid thrusts their hand up in the air um, with, you know, with, with a fever pitch <laughs> and the teacher calls on the kid and says, why is the sky blue? And it says, because blueberries, right? Um, that's a problem, right? And so, yes, I, th I think we should be, you know, we, we should be able to, you know, share our thoughts, views, beliefs, etc., with our kids. But I think it's also incumbent upon us to teach them facts about reality. Um, and so, in teaching them how to think, you can come to some, you know, you, you can hopefully come to some of those conclusions together. I agree. Anyone else agree? Yes. Let's see what's Rainham saying in chat. Sure, your nighters are significant. Um, also, the view that Jews killed Christ was fairly prevalent from that time, to my knowledge. I don't think it can be used to say it was a motivator, but context. Uh, religious sun appearing through much of global history. I don't know that anyone could truly mention. Yeah, I mean, we may never know, but I mean, without the idea of religion, I'm sh I, I strongly believe it would have been something else. Um, But I've been here too long today. I just realized the time. Well, everyone, thanks for joining. Michael, hope your work uh, takes it a little easier on you and you're able to hang out with us earlier and longer next time. But um, I will see you all later. Take care.